you would remain standing with me, open your Bible up to Hebrews chapter 11. Worship team, thank you so much for leading us into God's presence. Come on, let's give thanks to them as well. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We are going to continue in the vein of faith today um, because I, need, I believe that we need to be a people of faith, amen? If faith unlocks salvation, we really need to be a people of faith, right? y'all catch that? If faith unlocks salvation, like our entrance into heaven, we gotta be a people of faith because if we don't have faith, there's only one other option, right? And so we gotta be a people of faith. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. We can talk a little bit. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created, was, spoken, or by, was created by the spoken word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gift. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. And without faith, verse 6 says, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God, and I want to I draw near because right there's his presence in the drawing near to him. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. You may be seated. Over the past couple of weeks, our family has been on a journey of, of faith. And I didn't ask my wife for permission, so here we go. Um, I might get in trouble later. But two weeks ago, we were um, about to get on a plane to head on vacation. And I mentioned that to you. And as we we're pre-boarding the flight. We got a call from Marie's doctor. Uh, and due to some lab work, blood work that they had done uh, just a couple of days beforehand and something that they were watching, the doctor told us, um, you can't go on the trip, basically. And we were advised to, to stay home because of the risk that would be involved. And they wanted to send Marie to a specialist immediately for further consultation. And so uh, what happened was her blood platelet numbers had come in at a very low rate, half below the low end of, of normal. So it was a dangerously low um, level. And so um, this could have caused significant or severe, severe injury or issue if she was to get injured while we were on that, that trip. And so um, we had to cancel the trip last minute, go through the weekend, and then go to the specialist. And so we go, we sit down with a specialist, and they're just telling us all this wealth of stuff and um, information and how the thing that they're watching is typically in pregnancy, those platelet levels, they don't increase, they, they decrease. And so it could go into a more severe situation than it already um, was. And so um, they give you all the information like the specialists do and uh, run a litany of tests on her and send us out to wait as they're, they're running the tests and waiting for the results to come back in. So we go out and wait, and in a few minutes they come out and they say, um, we're not sure, but your platelet level has tripled from what it was earlier this week. It had tripled, going back into the normal range. 
And the specialist said they don't increase during pregnancy, they, they decrease. And the numbers had tripled and were 35% higher than the original platelet number. 35% higher than the original platelet number. But God, right? See, with everything that was going on with pastor from the fall, the broken wrist, concussion, doctor's appointments, chemo starting back, now my wife, our baby, and vacation getting canceled at last minute, it was a weighty couple of weeks and not knowing why, not understanding, we leaned into God and prayed, and I preached a sermon called The Just Shall Live By Faith, and what God shows up. I love what Luke 137 says. It says, for no word from God will ever fail. No word. Not like five out of the words will fail, seven out of the ten words from God will fail, 70%. No, no, no. No word from God will ever fail. And then verse 45 says, blessed is the one who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to them. Am I among some people that believe that God will reward those promises to us if we believe? Point one, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. What is faith? The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith and hope, they go together, right? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The things that are the object of our hope are also the object of our faith. If God is the object of our hope, he then is the object of our faith. Faith is the firm persuasion and expectation that God will perform all. Not just some of the things, but all of the things that he said he would perform, amen? It's a persuasion so strong that it gives our soul a possession a present fruition of things that are yet to come. It's a persuasion so strong that it gives our soul a present possession of things that are in the future, of things that have yet to come, amen? Grow, growing up, the best way I can illustrate it is I could, by faith, take hold of what mama was cooking in the kitchen while I was still in bed at 6 a.m. See, when you put bacon in a cast iron skillet at 6 a.m. and start cooking, an aroma begins to fill the house, right? And you ain't gotta say rise and shine, you gotta say sit down and wait. How many of y'all ever did that when frying up bacon and mom said, uh-uh, not yet, not yet, because you just wanna go and grab a piece of bacon. And even though I was in my bedroom and not in the kitchen, even though I couldn't see it, I couldn't touch it, I couldn't feel it or wrap my eyes around it, there was a persuasion so strong that it gave my soul a possession, a present fruition that Wilbur from Charlotte's Web had made his way into the frying pan and I was about to partake of some bacon, right? I had an assurance of a thing hoped for, though the evidence had remained unseen. Church, all it should take for us as believers is just for one of those five senses, for us to just hear 
the word of God, and it should begin to evoke a persuasion so strong, giving us a present possession of those things that are yet to come. When he says, I am the Lord who heals, it should evoke that persuasion. When he says, I am the Lord who redeems, I am the Lord who transforms, I am the Lord who provides, I am the Lord who forgives, we should by faith, by faith, take hold of those things. And faith should begin to well up and rise within our life. And by faith, we take hold of this hope, which becomes an anchor, an anchor for our soul. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Right? We all want assurance. We do. We all want assurance that everything is going to be okay when it's not. When you get into those situations when things aren't going okay, we all want assurance. And when we got a call from my wife's doctor and had to cancel our, our trip, we wanted assurance, right? We wanted assurance that everything was going to be okay. But also I wanted insurance that I was going to be reimbursed too, right? I, I was like, not, not all of it going out, but more than anything, we wanted the assurance that everything is okay and faith is assurance, not, not insurance. Insurance is just in case. Insurance is just in case something happens. And insurance won't do in the realms of eternity. Because my Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die. Meaning that there is no chance involved in this situation. There are only two options, heaven or hell. Because there is a coming a day when we will die and we better have the assurance that only faith in Christ Jesus affords us. And it's this faith, this assurance, this hope of heaven that gives us the breathing room. It gives us the breathing room where we can exhale and know that it's gonna be all right. Even when it's not okay, it will be for eternity. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Evidence. Evidence which is something of things not seen. Things not seen which is nothing. Meaning our God is able to make something out of nothing. Right? How many of you have ever seen God make something out of nothing? How many of you are living proof that God is able to make something out of nothing? <laughs> Hebrews 11.2 says it's in this mindset or this posture of heart that would distinguish the people of old. For by it, verse 2 says, the people of old receive their commendation or their praise, their recognition. The message version would say like this, that this act of faith... This act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, right? It set them above, set them beyond the crowd. You know what the writer is doing? He's looking to the past to inspire faith for the future. He's looking to the past of how they handled it. What does it say in the ESV, if you'll flip back to that? It says, for by it, for by it. What is the it that he's referring to? Faith, for by it. Faith. He is saying this act of faith distinguished our ancestors from, from everybody. Have you ever known somebody that they are distinguished, that their faith that distinguished them, that faith that marked 
their life, people who had crazy faith, faith that was attractive, faith that moved mountains, faith that was probably a little bit scary, like faith that caused them to step out of the boat when everything else said, nope, there ain't no way I'm stepping out of the boat. Have you ever been around those people? It's, it's that kind of faith that distinguishes you in the way you live and the way you walk through the valley and, and, and the way you sail on stormy seas that though there may be storms on the outside, that storm, it doesn't have to get into the inside. Though, though trouble may be all around you, trouble ain't gotta have you. That's the kind of faith that distinguished these people of old. It's that kind of faith that shows other what God has done for me. He can and he will do for you. That you ain't got to bounce when all hell breaks loose. That you can stand firm and you can see the salvation of the Lord for he is mighty to save. Hebrews says it's this kind of faith. This kind of faith that distinguished our ancestors. What is God doing? He's basically showcasing their faith to inspire the upcoming generations. Church, it's inspiring for generations to see your faith. It's, it's inspiring for generations to be able to look in and see how he kept you, right? It's inspiring for them to be able to look in and see that he kept you. When you should have went under, he kept you. It's this kind of faith that puts handles on the invisible for ourselves and for the upcoming generation. And at some point, church, we got to bridge this generational gap to allow those that are coming to see the faith of those who are going. And bridges just don't build themselves. It means we got to be intentional and building those bridges. Because so often we scratch our heads and wonder what's going on. What's going on with the upcoming generation? What's going on with the world around us? Are we building bridges? Are we building bridges to help transfer that faith? Are we building bridges to help put handles on faith for those who have yet to see the faith? It's this kind of faith that distinguished the old. Verse three says, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. My mom said after I finished the first service, she said, um, that's all of my notes for what I'm preaching at women's conference. And so I don't know if she wants me to cut this part out or skip to the next. She said, yeah, cut it out. <laughs> this is for all the men in the house. Y'all with me? Hey. <laughs> so that is what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Let's just pause on that real quick. The universe is created by the spoken word of God. Everything that we see, the walls, the pews, beautiful emerald green carpet. Everything that we see was made out of the invisible. Like if I set you on the stage and drew a circle around you and said start creating, we're, we can't, we wouldn't, right? Like not even Bob Ross, the incredible artist, 
was that good. He had to at least have an easel, a canvas, and some paint, and some tools to be able to do that. But to try to bring something out of nothing could only be done by the master artist. And Hebrew says the entire universe came into being by the word of God. By faith, we see the world called into existence. It says God spoke it. In fact, it says he called it into existence. That day one, light was called. Day two, the sky was called. Land, sea, and plants were called. The sun, moon, and stars, the bird, and the fish, and the earth, and the land, and the humans, and the animals were all called into existence. They weren't built and fabricated out of everything that already existed, but God spoke into the midst of a void of nothingness. Though darkness rests upon the face of the deep, the Spirit of God hovered over it, and He began to bring something out of nothing, and not just something, he brought everything that exists into this world out of nothing. And church, maybe you are thinking, that sounds a lot like my life right now. It feels as if there is nothing to work with. It feels as if it's dark. It feels as if there's void, that there's not even a canvas, paint, and tools. Baby, God don't need much. In fact, he don't need anything to be able to work with. In fact, it's time that we start calling. We start calling those things that are in the void into reality. We call the prodigals. We call the healing. We call the manifestation of the spirit. We call the breakthrough. We call the provision. We call those things that aren't as though they are because our God is able to make something out of nothing. It may be invisible at the moment. It may be in the distance or only hope for, but God is able. And if he can speak into the dark void of the cosmos and bring this magnificent universe, how much more are we than the sparrows and than the lilies of the valley? How much more? He says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended. Commended by God as righteous. And God commending him accepted his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Abel had faith that spoke louder than the outcome. Abel, he, he comes to God and he offers a sacrifice in faith. And God receives the sacrifice and blesses Abel. Like Abel loves the Lord. Abel loves God. He's obedient and in faith. What does he do? He offers the correct sacrifice and God opens up heaven and blesses him for it. But then his brother gets jealous and murders him for it. And that's jacked up. That doesn't give me incentive to live in faith. Because there's a lot of jealous, murderous people out there today. Faith leads Abel to sacrifice. Sacrifice leads to God to bless. Blessing leads Cain to jealousy. Jealousy leads Cain to, uh, to murder. That's the order of events that we're talking about. Doesn't sound like Abel received much because of his faith. But what does Hebrews say? And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. That's faith. 
that even in his death, his faith is still talking. That's faith that has handles. That's faith that you can take hold of. Faith that says, come what may, I'm trusting in you. As Peter would say, where else can we go, O Lord? For you have the words of eternal life. It's faith that is not dependent upon the outcome. It's faith that is dependent upon the sovereign God of the universe. It's faith that we call even if faith, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would say, that even if God doesn't say, we will not bow. We will not bow to the present systems of this world. That's faith that's not attached to the temporary. That's faith that is attached to eternity. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. Enoch is commended by God, rescued by God. He receives the promise in the here and the now. Church, sometimes we receive the promise here. And sometimes we receive it in eternity. Either way, we still receive the promise. You know what God is saying? Hold on to your faith. Whether you get the promise on this side, whether you get the promise on that side, hold on to your faith. Though the storms are raging all around you, hold on to your faith. Don't grow weary in your well-doing, for you will reap a harvest if you faint not, for the just shall live by faith. We hold on to our faith, though everything around us can be wrong. We hold on to our faith because our faith, it's not dependent upon the outcome. It's dependent upon Jesus. And it's this way that faith brings us into the reward. Worship team, if you would come. Verse six says, and without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God, not just a select few, not just those that are Foreordained, but whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Point number five, faith produces the reward. Whether it comes on this side or the other side, I don't know. But what I do know, it will come. Because faith produces the reward. And whatever he says, it will not fail. Faith produces the reward. Because faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the firm persuasion that gives our soul a current, present possession of, uh, of those things that are yet to come. And it's this kind of faith that pleases God. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. And not only does it say it pleases him, but what does it say? It enables access. And it enables access. It says, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. Church, more than anything, I want to draw near to him. More than anything, I want access into his presence. Because as David would say in Psalms, one thing have I asked of the Lord. This will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. We live in a society where people are trying to see how much less they can come to church, right? That's not what David was saying. He's saying, I want to live there all the days of my life. 
camera, if you're watching online, I love you and I thank God for technology. But have the heart of David that we may dwell in the house of the Lord, that we may be among the people of God, the redeemed, the elect. We need this. This was the cry of David, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For it's there he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. As Moses would say, if his presence don't go with me, then I ain't moving. Right? Because it's his presence that distinguishes us from all other peoples on the face of the earth. It's in his presence and access to his presence that there is fullness of joy. And it's at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. It's those that dwell in the secret place of the Most High that abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And when I abide in his shadow, he delivers us from the snare of the fowler and the deadly pestilence. It's there he will cover us. And it's under his wings that we will find refuge. We gotta have access into his presence which only faith provides for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him it's an equation when we get into his presence one and we have faith in him there is great reward it's one plus one equals two when we get into his presence and we have faith in him there is great reward for whoever would draw near when we get into his presence must believe that he has exists have faith that he will reward those who diligently seek him it's faith that produces the reward even when we don't see it we press towards it because we have faith in him even when we don't understand it we press towards it because we trust in him even when everything is crazy, we press towards it because our God is able to make something out of nothing. Yes, there might be a void darkness around you. We press towards the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus for in Him, in Him, there is great reward. If you would, go ahead and stand with me. Point one, faith and hope stick together. Point two, your faith inspires the generations that are yet to come. Helps put handles on those things that are unseen. Three, hold on. God can make something out of nothing. Four, faith is, speaks louder than the outcome like Abel. Five, faith produces the reward. Produces the reward. Hold on to your faith. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, life is crazy. Storms have been loud and crazy. I just need someone to agree with me in prayer. I need faith that will help put wind in my cells to keep making progress, to keep moving forward. If that's you, I want you to get out of your seat right now and I want you to come down to the front and I want you to just begin to kneel and pray and begin just to, to cry out to Him because He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Let there be a little bit of diligence in your faith right now. Let there be a little bit of diligence in your action of, of prayer. Come to the altar and just begin to cry out and say, God, I need you. I need you to work. I need you to press into this situation.
situation. I need transformation and change. I don't know what storm you may be in, but our God knows he is able and he will reward those who diligently. Are there any diligent people here this morning that will seek his face as the worship team leads us in song? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We make a miracle work upon his keep. Right in the darkness, my God, that is who you
never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, I can trust. You never stop, you never stop. Oh, I can trust. I can trust and say, even when I don't see it, you're working. drifted. I'm far from the Lord where I should be. This has just stirred my heart up today and I need to just surrender my life to Jesus. Uh, number one, I want to celebrate that. Amen? Because there came a point where everybody in this room that names the name of Jesus, that they were at that point where Jesus saved and found them. But you'd say, hey, I, I need to surrender. I've been trying it my own way for far too long. I want us all to just pray this prayer together today. Is that alright? Come on. Father, we come. Or Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for mercy. I ask that you would forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. And help me to live for you. Help me to have faith in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer today for the first time or first time in a long time, um, we've got a little connection card right there in the seat back right in front of you. I want you to just fill it out and check that you made a decision for Jesus today. Um, you can give it to one of our prayer team who's down in the front. You can place it in one of these baskets down here. Uh, but those next steps are so important. We all need people who can come alongside of us and help us grow in our journey of faith. We can't do it alone. Amen? We're not meant to do it alone. Amen? I don't want to say we can't. You're not built to do it alone. You shouldn't do it alone, right? We need that community. And so maybe you're here today and you've been a, a believer and you need that community. Or maybe you're a, a new to the Lord and you need that community. Fill out that card, check the box that you're ready to get connected and just put spiritual growth on it. Just make it that simple that you need help growing spiritually. Because when we go through storms of life, we need people who can surround us, help build us up, help speak into us, help hold us accountable in those situations, amen? So take a moment, grab out that connection card. I'm gonna beat this every day. So this, this speech doesn't change on just because it's a different Sunday. Because you need it, I need it, we all need it, and I'm gonna beat it till we're all in it. 
okay? If you want me to stop saying it, everybody get in it. That's, that's how we'll do it, all right? I love you. I'm gonna read the blessing. Don't forget, heart class, immediately following service over by the lounge, women's conference, midweek services, pray first, this Wednesday night, 7.30. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son saying, thus you shall bless the people of God. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of God and I will bless them. Father, we thank you for your word. May faith rise. God, may faith rise in every heart and every life. And may we take this mindset, this heart, this posture of faith and to the world around us, God, to those that are hurting and broken, and may we share this faith with those in need and see them come into your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Love you guys more than you know. Come on, give God a shout of praise, amen.